Hey everybody, welcome to Geeky Dads Talk About Geeky Things. I'm JJ Johnson, and today is one of four of our episodes that we are doing called Geeky Moms Talk About Geeky Things. And today we have Becky Metcalf on the show. Becky is an author, gamer, and all-around geek mom. Becky, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am excited. Now, I have to ask, because you and I were ch chatting earlier today, about whether this was going to be a video or an audio call. And I got to ask, did you start a pillow fight during homeschool today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Homeschool. But what else are you supposed to do when you're like, you're doing math and then you're doing history and I need to segue into science and everyone's getting like antsy. You start a pillow fight. Exactly. And you wiggles out. <laughs> like, this, this is logic in our house, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Homeschool must be a blast with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dull. I can tell you that. Well, good thing. So today, Becky and I are going to be chatting all things Minecraft. Becky, are you ready to get into this? I live in a digital blocky world, so absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Now, there are probably three types of listeners out there. There are probably those who have never played Minecraft and might be interested in getting into it. There are probably those who have played Minecraft, like yourself and many of our mutual friends. And then there are guys like me, who my kids refer to as a noob. <laughs> Anytime we play Minecraft, that's the first thing that comes out of their mind. Like, Dad, you're such a noob. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I promise. I should preface that by saying my kids are nine and seven, and so they are totally into Minecraft. But let's just start this out, Becky. Why don't you mm -hmm. just? What is Minecraft? <laughs> so, that is a large question in of itself. There's Minecraft that is Minecraft Bedrock. And there's Minecraft Java. They're both the same game, but they're on two different platforms. Bedrock is the one that my kids play on because they have tablets and they do not have a computer. And they play with their friends on their tablet, on their Switch, on their Xbox. Most youth I know play on Bedrock because, frankly, they don't have a computer. And then there's Minecraft Java which is what I play on along with Josh Smith and a lot of our other mutual friends. And that one is specifically on a computer. So there's, if you hear me talk bedrock or Java at all today, that's the quick explanation of those two things. Minecraft itself is a video game that you are usually in a survival setting where you are in a world and your first thing you're going to probably do when you first spawn in is you're going to go punch down a tree because you are so strong and cool that you can punch down a tree. Do not attempt this in real life. My son might have tried it once and he learned that IRL is not the same as Minecraft. <laughs> um, but you're going to punch down a tree and you're going to make yourself some wooden weapons and go find some food and you're just, you are surviving. That's the very beginning premise. And from there, as you upgrade your tools, you upgrade your gear, you're going to go from surviving to thriving. And from there, you're just going to become 
whatever kind of player you want because it's a sandbox type game. There's no linear storyline to it as far as you start in the starter village and you do these quests and you level up and then you go from there over to this next city where they have these problems and you level up there and you go on to the next, like there's nothing of that sort. So there are some players who they're in it to make things explode and send blocks flying and have all the fun and chaos they can do. Others are players where they're going to go mining for resources and get some redstone and they're going to use redstone in the game, which is a way you can create opening and closing doors. You can literally recreate like computer type things in the game with redstone and the components that you can create and mine and gather. Other players are what you would call PvP, PvP players, where it's player versus player. And they're going to be on worlds where there's other, other players. And they're going to go, I don't want to say they're going to go pick fights, but they're going to go pick fights. And they're going to just have fun being, being a PvP player. I am not very good at PvP, so don't even try with me. <laughs> and there's others who are what we would call builders. Yeah. And they're going to look at this game of digital blocks and say, hey, I know in the game this is a furnace and you use that to cook your food and smelt down iron. But the bottom of this is a cool design and I can make a gazillion furnaces and use that as my ceiling and my base. And it's going to look really cool because they can look at the and think outside of the block. Like they're builders. They they look at things, they look at stuff and architecture in real life and say, I'm gonna recreate that. And then they figure out what resources they need. They do the grind and gather up all that they you know need to have and they build epic and amazing things. So it's a it's a sandbox game where you can have 20 different players with all their each unique style of how they play. And you're going to have an amazing thriving world of creativity and beauty and maybe some chaos on the side. So yeah. that that's Minecraft in a not very small nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think what we do here at our household is more of the bedrock. What you're talking about. We're on a switch. My kids play on their Kindle fires. Mm -hmm. I on my sad little iPhone. And, I mean, we're just hopping in and playing together. And that's what really kind of got me into Minecraft. And I'm not into it as as much as others like you, Josh Smith, and some of our other mutual friends. I would like to get more into it. But basically what got me into it was just it's something my kids discovered. I knew about it. I just hadn't played it. And I didn't start playing it until they played it. So what got you into Minecraft? Oh, okay. First of all, playing on your phone is a very different experience than on a tablet or on a Switch or on a computer. So to any listeners who have played Minecraft on your phone, if you got frustrated with the game, that is understandable. The fact you even tried playing it on your phone is to be commended very highly because <sighs> that's hard. So... <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, what got me into Minecraft is some mutual friends that they were talking about like, hey, we could do a Minecraft world for the kids to play. And my husband and I are going, uh, I've heard of Minecraft. We've seen Minecraft t-shirts on like all the youth when we go out of the house. But we've never played this. We didn't know what this game is. You know, can we play too? So we have an idea of what our kids are talking about. And so we started on Bedrock for the first time because that's what all the kids have devices for. And it was pretty cool. We didn't really know what we were doing. Um, I, you can ask one of my server mates who streams Red Winter Roses, and she will tell you stories of how when I was starting off, you could go about 40 blocks and there'd be a little tiny ugly safe house. And then you go another 40 blocks and there's another little tiny ugly safe house and another 40 blocks because I was terrified of everything in the game and I didn't want to keep dying. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> we have, we have, we have grown from there. Um, so we started with the bedrock with the kids and we didn't know what we were doing at all. And about maybe a year or two after we had started and we're kind of just derping around we found Hermitcraft on YouTube and Hermitcraft is a group of adults our age that frankly are professional Minecrafters. That is their full-time job. And when you watch what they can build and what they create, they're full-time for a reason. And they, they are making money off this for a reason because they're that good. And that opened a whole new door for us of, these are the possibilities. Like we were inadvertently putting ourselves in this little, like, this is all I can figure out how to do because I'm just looking at this as what it is. This is a block that's called stone bricks. All it is now is stone bricks. It cannot be used for anything other than stone bricks. And then seeing what other people are doing with their stone bricks, seeing what other people are doing with their different slabs and things like, Oh, I hadn't thought you could do that. That's cool. And watching other people play and see what they were creating suddenly fueled a whole new, I want to do that. I can do this. I can figure this out. So we eventually got Java because we, my husband and I play only on computers and I haven't really looked back. We, we've just, we dove in. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Now, let's clarify a few terms for some of our listeners, because when I first got into it, this was kind of confusing to me. And for somebody jumping into Minecraft for the first time, I think it can be a little, uh, a little confusing. Now, you are on your own server. Now, we'll get to that here in a minute. But what is the difference between a server and just jumping into a Minecraft world? So a Minecraft world, typically speaking, is... You are a player. You just got your first Minecraft account. Odds are good you're going to create your own world. And this is a world that is private to you. This is where it's your, your personal sandbox. No one else is joining you. If you are on Bedrock, then you can have that open to any of your friends anywhere in the world, as long as you are friends on Microsoft and Minecraft, they can hop into that world and you can share that if you want. For Java, if you have a private world or any world, I should say, then it's private to you. And the only way anyone can join you is if they're on a landline with you. 
Other than that, it's private to you. If you are on a realm that's going to be mostly bedrock, and that's going to have up to 10 players that can be invited into that realm to play. I run a Java server, and for my server, I can have, I have it set to have 80 players. I think we only have like 18 at the moment. Um, but my server is one where we have people connected from all over the country that are in our group, and they can hop on and play whenever they want for however long they want. And the server is, I run a private server, so only people that we have specifically voted on, discussed, and invited. But there are public servers. Um, my kids play on the Bedrock server of Hive. And that has a bunch of different mini games and things that they can interact with other players around the world that are also joining them on that server. So depending on what server you're in, it might be an SMP, which would be a survival, survival multiplayer type world, or it might be a world of just mini games. And here's one that's a hide and seek. Here's a capture the flag or something of that nature. There are creative um, creative worlds and creative um, servers where you can just go and create as much as you want. You don't have to grind up the resources and find them. You just open your inventory and you have all that you want at your fingertips. So there's a bunch of different servers. Okay. Does yeah. That that? <laughs> One of the things I like about this, especially for my kids, is uh, when they're home during the summer breaks or Christmas breaks or even snow days, um, they can do, uh, you know, they can hop on and just play with their friends. We have a discord that we just, uh, everybody hops mm -hmm. on. It's so amazing, especially for my, my son's friends who have moved across the state and they're no longer here. They can stay connected. And it's one cool way to stay connected. Now, what I want to kind of transition into, because I'm like, I'm one of those guys that likes to play a game, especially on on an open world map where it like uh, a Zelda breath of the wild or a Skyrim where there's missions there's quests, and there's a storyline with Minecraft. It's a little different. You don't always have a story. You don't always have a mission. You don't always have a quest. So a lot of people, when they come to it, it's like, okay, what is the point of this game? So how do you go about creating a story or a mission or some sort of quest within Minecraft. That's a fun one. That is such a fun one. Okay. So it comes down to the player. Like that's one of the beautiful things with this game is that it can come really down to what is your personal play sound preference. I have some players that they approach it as I'm telling a story with my build. So last season, because we're just started our second season for the server I am running called Edge, for season one of Edge, I decided <laughs> I decided I would do something, quote, small and recreate the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which this is a survival world and I need to grind up all those resources. So it was not an easy task, but that was the story I wanted to kind of tell is my character on the edge server is a blazeborn. I spawn in the nether and I have to get from the nether to the overworld where everyone else is. And a lot of the stylistic choices that I made when I was recreating the Hanging Guards of Babylon tied back in to where I was from in the nether. 
for lighting, I use a lot of lava. I had other players tell me that my base was terrifying because I had lava streams coming from the ceiling down to floor level and everything to light up my hallways. It was gorgeous. <laughs> um, but I, I told my story through what I was recreating with the hangars of Babylon being my base for my architectural base. I then was like, okay, from the nether, the nether is red and lava. There's very few plant life, very few animal life. Frankly, up until the nether update was kind of really ugly. So now that my character is on the overworld where it's green, it's lush, there's animals, there's life, it's beautiful. I'm going to want to have things that are recreating this beautifulness that I'm enjoying now being in the overworld. And so I custom made different types of trees and different types of plant life to, to show this is something I'm enjoying that's different from where I was. Kind of like when you take someone from the deserts of California and you put them in somewhere of Missouri or somewhere where it's green and there's lush and you're like, oh, it's green. What do you mean you don't use sprinklers? You know, it, it's that kind of a, for me as a player coming from the nether, I wanted to showcase and tell the story of this is what I'm going for. Um, another player was doing these beautiful floating islands. Other players, instead of having a story through their build or if they want to add to that, I know other SMPs where they'll say, you know, there's this one thing that we're going to throw in here and it's going to affect the gameplay. For Edge Season 1, we decided at the very beginning that we were going to say that Lapis Lazuli, which is a special ore that you can mine up in the ground and you use it for enchantments in the game, we decided and said that Lapis Lazuli will corrupt players if they use it. And how that corruption affects every player is up to how that player wants to showcase that. They might be like, I'm corrupted. I'm going to, you know, be a little more grouchy to people or something. Others became corrupted and they became these mastermind maestros of just greedy corruption and like putting everything they can out there to be become more wealthy and just build up their their hoard of emeralds and diamonds and things um others became paranoid every player could choose how they were going to play that off but we just had the simple thing of saying yeah lapis it's going to corrupt you and we had no idea at the beginning <clears throat> excuse me we had no idea if that was something that could be cured. We had no idea what we wanted to do with it. We just threw that one little line out there and said, let's see what happens. And it did progress and players did run with it. And we ended up having a huge storyline that escalated to the end of the season that we got to end on a really high note of corruption and chaos and curing and what if you couldn't cure people and it was amazing it was so much fun nice nice it was and awesome <laughs> it it sounds to me and and correct me if i'm wrong but if you're if you're somebody who likes doing rpgs you can really bring a lot of those things that you do in an rpg as far as creating a character creating a world creating a story and kind of incorporate some of those type, same type of things within Minecraft. Is that the truth? 
Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So, so, and, 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 you know, we have a mutual friend. I don't want to mention them, them on the, on the show. I, we can mention Josh all day long because he's always on the show, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, That's Josh. Disco man to you. <laughs> and, and yes, so, but you know, I, I saw somebody who was talking specifically about your server and the character that they had created. So what are some of the sort of the characters that, uh, people who are coming on your server are creating? Is there any unique characters that you want to talk about specifically that people create when they come into a Minecraft server like yours? Oh, there's so many unique characters. Um, one of our, our friends, Red Winter Roses, she actually streams on Twitch on Sunday nights. And her character is an Elytrian. So for those who don't know what an Elytra is, that's that's a set of wings that you can acquire in the game and you can fly around and it's amazing. And for Red, because we use the Origins mod for our server, everyone can pick at, and they first log in at the very, very beginning, they can pick if they're going to have an origin or they're just going to say human. And she picked being an Elytrian. So she starts the game with wings that are forever attached to her. And so being someone who has wings from the get-go, she lets that influence a lot of what her character's priorities are and what are things that she is afraid of or things that are her goals when she first starts the game. I'm a Blazeborn. I... I start in the nether and I'm lava proof. I am fireproof and water hurts me. And IRL, I love the rain because I never see it. In game, it starts raining and I am screeching and scrambling to hide from that rain as fast as I can because I take damage from the rain. So that affects for me what I'm where I build. That affects what I build. I have a high priority to have a roof over my head if I'm not living in a desert because that rain's going to come at the least expected moment. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to die in the game. Yeah. We have Disco Man, Josh. He was a shulk last season. And so he could have an extra inventory bar, put stuff in there. And then if he died in the game, the stuff that was in that special bar, that was something that he could have when he respawned he didn't lose that stuff and so it got pretty common to see death messages for him because he'd go explore somewhere and then be like yeah i don't want to walk home you know and just <laughs> hop into a lava pit or something and <laughs> so that affected how he did stuff and he he took on the role of being the explorer on our server and he could gear up with all the stuff he had he had extra health and armor and he could just go explore and tank stuff so he was kind of like the tank in our group in a sense because he could um so everyone had different things uh, my husband core he was we, we we called him our bird um we also called him our chicken because his he took on the the role where he could only sleep up high he had feather falling and if he went to bed in game, he would lay an egg in the morning. And we're all like, never going to let him live that down. Uh, but now this season around, Core is an arachnid. So he's part spider. He can climb up and down things. And it's amazing and creepy all at once. 
Red is still an Elytrian with her wings. I'm still a blaze born with my fire. And Disco, who last season was a Shulk, this season he's a Blazeborn, so he's a cousin now. All right. It's entertaining because these are some people are taking on different origins, which they're discovering greatly affects what they do to start with. Nice, nice. Okay, so your server's called the Edge Server, and you mentioned that you just started season two. Mm -hmm. What what do you specifically mean by a season? So some people will start a server or start a world and they will be in that for years, which is amazing. But frankly, for us, we don't have the attention span to just keep going and going and going and going and going and going. So we had decided to do this in seasons where we'll have last year, season one, I want to say we started in August and we ended it June, I want to say. So it wasn't quite a full year even uh, from start to finish, but that way we had a set time of we're going to wrap it up here because people are going to go on vacation. People want to have a, you know, a break. We're waiting actually for stuff to update. And that's why we took the break when we did, because the update had happened and we wanted the new stuff. Um, but similar to like what Hermitcraft does, where they have specific seasons and it lasts for a set amount of time. And that way you have that fresh start all together and you're all grinding for your resources. And it's often to see in chat, don't mind if I die. And then someone dies because they, you know, got blown up by a creeper or something because we have no gear at the beginning. <laughs> um, so, so the season will start there and the people will start working on their big bases, on their mega bases. And eventually when you finish your mega base, you're kind of, I don't say twiddling your thumbs, but you're either like, okay, I either need to start another big project or you're kind of going, okay, I could do another big project or I could go work on these things IRL or I could do this other side thing. And interest will start to kind of fizzle usually between six to eight months in. So we go in seasons where we'll have a set time. We'll play for this long. We'll end sometime around this month range. When we get closer, we'll, you know, reevaluate. Maybe people are actually done sooner than they thought. Whereas some people, because of real life things are not as far along as they thought they would be. And they're like, Hey, I'd be down for another two months. And, you know, we'll have a set time, take a break and then start the next season. Yeah. Okay. So you have a YouTube channel where you have streamed some of this. You want to tell, uh, tell everybody about that YouTube channel. So I do have a YouTube channel. It's called the Lila plays. Um, if you look it up, I have a little icon with a fire-headed woman. That, that's how you know it's me. Um, and it's it has some stuff from my I have a Let's Play solo world that, honestly, I started it last year. And I haven't really been on it too much because I also homeschool. And I direct for our classical conversations group. And somewhere in there, I need to also keep the house clean and feed my family and all the other little side details of importance. So I haven't had as much time to continue my Let's Play, but I have been able to focus on having an episode 
whenever we have an edge season happening, because we took a break, um, but I have every episode where I've recorded as we're playing. I have last season, um, I had replay mods so I could do time lapses and show builds as I'm making them. And so I have an entire playlist now for season one, which is, I think, 36, 37 videos um, that I've recorded and learned how to video edit, learned how to add music, learned how to do all the things to make it actually worth watching. And now people can watch through the adventures of the Edge server. And Red did her first stream on Twitch from the Edge server yesterday on Sunday. And I have my first video, some come out this Saturday. So, and other, other Edge members are planning to be content creators as well this season once they can have the time to work on their video editing and getting that stuff out. Nice, nice. All right, let me, let me wrap up with this last question. Have you ever had a situation where you've just lost everything? Everything you've created, everything you've built, just disappeared? Um, I have had times while mining where I have lost everything. Um, that was, I was mining by myself. This is not on the Edge server because I was a normal, ordinary human of whom lava and humanity do not get along and i fell into lava i had full diamond armor and i had my diamond pick on me and i had a whole hull of iron and coal and diamonds and redstone and lapis and i had four emeralds that I had found and mined myself and it all burned in the lava and so when i respawned i grabbed my other my backup set of diamond tools and gear and I went down because I had a vein that I had opened up that I wanted. And I fell on the same lake of lava and lost all the backup diamond gear. And it was a traumatic day. And I did not play Minecraft for seven days because I was not emotionally ready <laughs> <laughs> to go back to that. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Hey, Becky, where can people find more out about you as far as your books and uh, social media and all that stuff? Um, for my books and my social media of that, that would be for RJ Metcalf, um, rjmetcalf.com or RJ Metcalf on Twitter or Facebook. And then for my Minecraft YouTube, that's under my name, Lalila Wassell. Um, and you can find me on YouTube under Lalila Plays. Or on tw um, Twitter, I'm also there, which Lila was sell. So those are my main two Minecraft YouTube locations to find me right now. All right. All right. Well, everybody go check her out. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. Becky, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. This was fun. All right. Not a problem. This has been Geeky Dads talking about geeky things. Thanks for listening.